When I was a child, I thought of myself like a princess. <laughs> I lived in a castle with my loving mother and my kind father and <laughs> my two annoying siblings. You know, we constantly threw these great backyard parties or sometimes just get-togethers. <laughs> My house was always full of family and friends. Love, laughter, <laughs> you know, the stuff that really makes you gush. <laughs> it was nice. But somewhere into having a happy home, things got a little rocky. Speaking from the point of view of who I was, my castle turned into a tower. Everything around, or actually not even, the castle crumbled and all that was left was a tower. And it felt like everyone was pushing me to pick one. <laughs> my mom or my dad. And in the end, I picked neither. Instead, I grew distant from both. And I watched as I thought they tore my life apart. My mom and dad, they were the best people I knew, kindest. And then they weren't. <laughs> and they tried their best, but they were only human. But I guess from an 11 year old standpoint, <laughs> or what I thought up until recently was that they failed. I shied away from them and I hated them. My mom ended up moving to Georgia with a guy. And you know, now I know it wasn't with a guy. She moved to Georgia then met the guy. But it wasn't clear. It was really black or white. And then I was hearing these things. I don't know why I'm sugarcoating it. I don't know why I'm sugarcoating. Because honestly, it was bad. My parents became neglectful and bitter tiring and I felt so alone my sisters started to be a wannabe thug my brother was too young to understand what was happening and I was alone or at least that's how it felt I had no one to talk to no one 
that would understand me. If I talked to my mom about my dad, well, I couldn't, <laughs> and vice versa. Because I was afraid that anything I said, they'd run back to someone <laughs> and I'd get the other one in trouble. If I said I wasn't happy, what if they went to the judge and said that? And then it would be my fault that one of them is sad. <laughs> I didn't want the other to hate me. I felt like I was constantly walking on eggshells around them. And I tried so hard to get them to smile, to get them to laugh, to get them to be who they were, or at least who I thought they were. And it didn't work. And then when they started affecting my life, <laughs> when my mom moved to Georgia, I felt so abandoned. And I was actually really upset when we had to go down there for the summer. Because they pulled me out of school early and it was my fifth grade graduation. They pulled me out of school. I couldn't say goodbye to any of my friends. I didn't say goodbye to anybody. And usually that would be fine, but... But in that summer, my dad flew down. He had a manila envelope. And... Well, long version, he flew down and we went to a restaurant. They gave us coins to play in the claw machine, and that's special. <laughs> My parents never really give us coins because they believe those games are rigged. <laughs> it's a waste of money. But that day, we got coins and we were able to play. From the claw machine, I could see the envelope on the table. My dad's hands folded on top of it. When they called us back to the table, they sat us down. That always seemed to be when tragedy struck. Striked? Sorry, I'm a little tongue-tied. <laughs> but... Every time they had bad news, they sat us down. And my dad, he goes, guys, it's not that I don't love you. It's just that you're going to be staying with your mom in Georgia for a little bit. <laughs> my heart shattered that was the second time <laughs> second time that I felt abandoned thrown out 
and honestly, I could probably mark that moment in time as the day I stopped looking at my dad as some handsome king. <laughs> He was less my knight and more of the person who just kept bringing dragons <laughs> to my castle. I, I was honestly really heartbroken because I had friends. <laughs> You know, back in New York, we had plans. One of my best friends even changed her school, even though she was zoned to another school in another district. She was willing to hop on the bus to go to school in another district, my district, in order so that we could grow up together. And without asking how we felt without talking to us first. They, they did it again. <laughs> no warning. Just the sounds of glass shattering <laughs> my heart. <laughs> Dramatic, I know. But I promise you that's how it felt. Like I was shattering. And then I couldn't help but think, why are you so fucking selfish? <laughs> I thought you, you know, at that moment I started directing all my hate towards dad and I was like, you, you made my mom cry so many times. You hurt her so many times. And for what? you stormed into her house and took pictures you know without okay I should probably clarify my mom when she was moving she didn't tell anybody so she was packing up the house because she couldn't afford it on her own and my dad was supposed to drop us to school he got McDonald's on the way and I was expecting a warm hi babies how you doing but instead, it felt like he busted in the house without actually stepping in. <laughs> and he started violently taking pictures on his phone. And he said, you're not taking my fucking kids. You're not taking my fucking kids out of the state. I'm going to the judge. I'm going to the fucking judge. You dropped him to school. And he threw the McDonald's in. And he said, you're not fucking taking them. And slammed the door. We were all speechless. What the fuck? <laughs> she didn't even mention taking us with her. She was just going because... Well, life there was hard. And her parents were in Georgia. She needed support. thought about that moment how much pain I saw in my mom's eyes how hurt and devastated this was making her 
And in that moment, I thought, fucking what? <laughs> Why did you do that? If you weren't gonna properly fight for us, for me, why did you have to hurt her so bad? He was supposed to be the good guy. But anyways, life went on. We moved in with my grandparents. Everybody had a room, surprisingly. <laughs> and it was pretty peaceful, I guess. But my mom's new boyfriend kind of sort of lived with us. And at first, I wasn't really cool with him. But then, I have this like crazy thing where if I'm an Aries and you're an Aries, you know, screw it. <laughs> so I, I dropped it and I let Gabby, I'm sorry, I let my sister, <laughs> I'm trying my best not to say names, my eldest sister, I let her give him hell and I just kind of sat back and did my own thing. It was quiet. But in those moments, I felt alone, hurt, confused. I had so much anger, actually so much sadness that I convinced myself was anger. And all I ever wanted to do was cry. In school, not trying to brag but I've always been like the popular kid the one who knows everybody I was always the center of attention and that's kind of where I got my energy from after I liked being on top. I liked being seen, being liked, being gushed over. I liked feeling loved. <laughs> Sorry, the last video got a little cut off. But um when I was a child, I loved being surrounded by people who liked me. I liked being liked, being seen, being noticed. I liked it when people said I was pretty. You know, <laughs> where I was from, I was pre pretty mean. You know, I was I was the the mean girl, the bully, shamefully. You know, we did awful things to girls who didn't really deserve it. And this time I felt so broken, so alone. Instead, I just wanted to be loved.
be liked, be cared for. So I went pretty nice. I became one of the biggest people pleasers <laughs> you would ever know. While still, I don't know what the word for it is, maintaining boundaries. Because I might have felt broken, but I didn't lack the self-confidence at the time. I didn't want to be walked all over. I just, I just wanted people to like me, to love me, truly love me. It wasn't genuine. I didn't want it. So I was nice, nice. I just never caused trouble. Never picked on a kid. Never said anything out of place. (laughs) I just followed the rules. Eventually, there was this boy. All stories start with a boy. (laughs) He was one of the popular boys. A year older. (laughs) So I was in sixth grade and he was in seventh. But he was, you know, so cool, quote unquote, with the teachers that during lunch and like random periods, if he stopped by, no one shoot him away. And me and this boy, you know, all the girls liked him. They all thought he was handsome and charming and nice and and a dream. <laughs> of course, I don't know. Actually, I do. I didn't feel that way. But I wanted to fit in, so, you know, thought a little white lie hurts nobody. <laughs> lie. <laughs> That's a lie. I, um, I told people I liked him. And, you know, eventually, at one of my friend's birthday parties, even, she got the dog. And, you know, we chased him around for a little bit, trying to catch him. And I didn't know what we were catching him for. I just knew we were catching him. And she got the dog. And when we caught him, she held him up. And she was like, now to hold a marriage ceremony between me (laughs) and and, and DJ. (laughs) Between me and him. And I remember being so furious because I was like, that's not even funny. Because I didn't like him at all. You know, it just, it was so gross to me that she would do that. And I was like, why did I chase the stupid dog? I wouldn't have chased him if I knew that was, that was the goal. And, you know, eventually they apologized to me and I was just like, I'm embarrassed. And, um, you know, we moved on. (laughs) But I guess. Word travels fast. (laughs) Nobody minds their business for too long. 
word got around, I guess that I liked him. And soon word got back around to me that he liked me. Which was weird because we only ever really talked in a group. (laughs) But I guess not that weird considering everything we did back then was based off of looks. That's that's a huge boost, isn't it? That is a boost. Well, not looks, but popularity contest. And, you know, eventually he started talking to me more, one-on-one. And, you know, for a child. Okay, for a child who didn't know anybody any better me, (laughs) I sought comfort in the first person who gave me real comfort. I told him about my parents' divorce, and he offered me the attention I craved, the love, or at least I thought he was. You know, after that, I guess you could say he made me swoon a little bit. And I didn't know back then that I didn't like him. I liked the thought of him and the thought of what he, I can't say represented. No, yeah, represented someone who could care and comfort and love me. That's what I wanted. But I didn't know that. Instead, I thought I wanted him. <laughs> Which is weird because I was a kid. But I just I just wanted to stake my claim. Like, I just wanted to be the closest person to him. And at the time, you know, as a 6th and 7th grader, to be boyfriend-girlfriend, that's the closest you can get to another person. <laughs> um... But, you know, I wasn't wasn't really doing anything about it because there was also someone else that I I know I liked. And that was one of my close friends. <laughs> like, we went around being like, oh, yeah, like, like, we're like siblings, we're like siblings. But it was more than, than siblings. Like, I don't know, I guess back then... I didn't know you could be comforted in different ways. Comfort isn't only given to you by a romantic spouse. (laughs) I didn't know you could seek that kind of love through friendship. So (laughs) I ditched the idea of the guy that I actually liked for the reality of dating a guy that I didn't like but everyone thought that I should be with because you know that's life you know after I told him about my parents it only took like I don't even know how many days weeks I don't know later you know he asked me out in front of everybody and you know for kids it was cute 
It was like, oh, now we can officially hold hands. <laughs> you know, it was fine. We didn't really do much. We did middle schooler stuff, holding hands, being shy around each other. Maybe a, a peck on the cheek, but that was about it. Calling and texting poorly. <laughs> it was a, a cute little thing, I guess. But, you know, all good things come to an end at some point. And my friend, or my boyfriend, I guess I should say, turned out to be a different person than what I thought he was. There was one day I was sitting at the lunch table me and all my friends you know we were in separate classes so and separate grades so us meeting at lunch is unlikely unless he's already out of class and and mind you like um what what is it called I can't remember what it was called but he was one of the people who got to walk around you know one of the smart kids that were always walking around school because they had mediocre tasks from other teachers that's what he was, and that's why he was allowed to, you know, sometimes roam the hall. But um, uh, we didn't have lunch together. Instead, I had lunch with my class. And typically, you sit at your class's lunch table, not someone else's. And um, I was sitting next to my friend, the one that I liked but didn't know it yet. And we were having, I can't even remember what the conversation was about, but we were having the best conversation ever. And, you know, we were laughing and we were just, you know, being kids. <laughs> we were being friends, kids who are friends. And all of a sudden, there is this firm hand on my shoulder. And it felt like I was kind of like, like I was forced to turn around. And there he is, my, my boyfriend. Looking like he's upset, but trying not to be upset. And he asked me, what are you doing? <laughs> what do you mean, what am I doing? I'm eating. <laughs> Sorry, that's not inappropriate. I'm sorry. I just, I like to laugh <laughs> at, well, you know, I, humor is my coping mechanism. But um, anyways, I, I looked at him and I was like, nothing. Like, I'm sitting and I'm eating with my friends at lunch. And he kind of like forces me to stand up. And he takes me away from the um the lunchroom. And I wish I could effectively describe how the lunchroom looked. But all I can say is there are 
there are like the main doors and then there's a side door. And well, there's like two side doors, but there's this one specific side door that my um, my table sat at near. And that's usually the door that we'll leave through to go to lunch. But after lunch, we always have to walk outside to get back to the classroom. So there's not much over there is what I'm trying to imply. But um, um, he he led me through that one. And, you know, that one is kind of like the, the secret passage kind of way. Like, no kid is supposed to go through there alone because, um, or come through there alone because, you know, there's other main doors. And then the only reason you'll be coming from that side is because you're coming from outside and kids weren't allowed to be outside without, you know, a person. <laughs> I know I'm rambling. I'm sorry. Um, it's just, um, it's just easier to to say I'm gonna tell the story than it is to actually tell the story. But he led me through the doors, and to this like, I honestly don't even know what the room was for. I wish I could tell you, but it was like an, an empty room, like a small. I don't want to say janitor's closet because it didn't have any, you know, janitor stuff. It just had, like, junk. <laughs> Honestly, junk. And he led me to the room. And it's kind of like he tossed me without tossing me. And then he's like, what are you doing? And mind you, I'm... I'm five foot now. I'm 21 years old right now, about to turn 22, and I'm five foot. In sixth grade, I was a lot smaller, <laughs> and I'm I'm honestly all bones. Well, a little meat in the areas that count, but outside of that, a lot of bones. <laughs> so, flinging me was never. It's not a problem for anyone, honestly. Soon my five-year-old sister will be able to chuck me against the wall. Um, sorry, I'm rambling again. But he flung me, kind of. He was like, what are you doing? And I was like, what do you mean? <laughs> then he, he asked me why, why I was getting so comfortable with another guy. And I, I really didn't understand the question. I remember just trying to tell him, this is my friend. These are my friends. And he was like, well, what happened to these people? Why aren't you sitting with the girls? And I was like, I am. It's just he's sitting next to me. I can't tell him not to sit next to me. And <laughs> I, I don't know why. I don't know why that made him so mad. But I remember him just screaming, then you move. Don't just sit next to another guy when you have a boyfriend. That's wrong. I didn't understand why he was so angry. Or why he thought it was wrong. My mom sat next to plenty of guys. My dad sat next to plenty of girls. 
guys and girls sit next to each other all the time while in a relationship. I didn't understand. <clears throat> but I remember being kind of angry that she was yelling at me. And I wanted to cry. <laughs> wanted to cry, not not because of the anger, but because I was I was also a little afraid. Not of him. I should have been. <laughs> but instead I was afraid that he'd dump me and leave. But before I could even, like, like, <laughs> I don't even know. The more, the more I tried to explain, the angrier he got. Said it all sounded like excuses. And the next thing I knew, the back of his hand met my face. <laughs> Actually, I don't even know if it was the back of his hand. It could have been the front. They were just saying, you're a fucking liar. And then, boom. I remember being in so much shock. (laughs) My father has never even hit me that way. You know, pause in that story real quick, a little side note or whatever. <laughs> um, when when I was younger, I watched this movie. I, I can't for the life of me remember what the fuck it was. What, what, I'm so sorry for my language, <laughs> but I can't remember what it was called. But I remember that it was about about a girl who got into this relationship with this guy. They were high schoolers. And it was like back in in the time that people thought it was okay (laughs) to, well, not okay, but like, dang, I don't know how to explain. It was just like, like the footloose time, I guess you could say. Yeah, 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 yeah. And there was this couple, you know, girl meets guy, they fall in love, et cetera, et cetera. And, you know, they seem so perfect to everyone else, but then he got violent and scary. And at first, at first she was telling everyone, this is love, this is love. You just don't know what it feels like to be loved. I remember watching the movie and I was like, you're so stupid. I'm a kid and I know that's not love. And, you know, at the end of the movie, um, the girl's best friend convinces her to dump him. And she does. But then the boy is so crazy (laughs) that he asks her to meet one last time by the lake 
can't remember what it meant to them, but it, it was something special. And she meets him. And she doesn't take him back. <laughs> so he stabs her in the gut. Wraps her up in a garbage bag, ties a block around her, and dumps her in the lake. She was missing for a minute, and then everybody found out what he did. I remember watching that movie and thinking that could never be me. If my friends tell me that a toy is bad for me, then I'm leaving. <laughs> I vowed to myself right then and there. If more than one person is saying it, then maybe I'll pay more attention. Then for sure, I'm gonna pay more attention. I thought I'd think logically. I'd be smarter. I'd know better. That's what I told myself. And you know, for a second, <laughs> for a second, You know, back to the main story. <laughs> um, for a second, that that did flash through my mind. But as soon as the thought came, it was gone because there he was talking again, and he looked mortified <laughs> by what he just did. Even more so than I felt. Immediately. I was like, I'm so sorry, I'm so sorry. I didn't mean to do that, I don't know why I did that. And he just started crying. I don't know what's wrong with me. I didn't mean to do that, I was just so angry, I was so angry, I didn't want to hit you, I just... Please forgive me. Don't leave me. You're the only person I can count on. And in that moment, I kind of, I guess you can say, saw myself. And I thought mistakes happen. It's okay. So, I told him it was fine. I said, just don't do it again. And he said, I promise. I promise I'll never hit you. I said, okay. <laughs> that was mistake number one. Or, I guess, too, because mistake number one was going out with a boy I didn't like. Because everyone told me to. Mistake number two was letting him hit me. After that, it did become a little better. You know, he was, he was so nice. 
And I thought to myself, oh, you must feel really bad. He won't do it again because look at him. He feels so bad. He's treating me so nice. The next time he hit me. was because I decided to dress a little bit out of the dress code. I wore this really pretty dress. The straps were, well, obviously straps. (laughs) And it had a little jacket to go over it. And it was above the knee, but not You know, like, modestly above the knee. (laughs) I thought I was so cute that day. But to him, I just wanted attention. I was flaunting myself. Attracting other boys. Because I'm not loyal. (laughs) I cheat (laughs) his words not mine mind you to a 6th grader imagine he told me I looked so ugly in the clothes and that it was so obvious that I was just being an attention seeker You know, I argued back because I was like, this dress is cute. I'm not breaking dress code. I'm not flaunting myself. You know, I tried to reassure him (laughs) to grab like a firm grip of the situation. But you know, I should have knew or known that something was wrong because I was back in that room. Back there arguing with him. She was like, I I bet you kissed other guys before. (laughs) I did not. The first boy I ever planned on kissing before I could even go through with it. One, I was too nervous. And then the second time we tried, my parents put me on a plane to New York. I mean, Florida. I mean, fucking Georgia. I'm sorry. I just said my where I was raised, New York, and then where I was born, Florida. <laughs> but um, before I could, you know, get my second kiss from the, or the first kiss, I'm so sorry first kiss from the person that I wanted to get it from, I was shipped off. I was like, no, <laughs> I've never done that with anybody. And he was like, you're a liar. You're a liar because I see the way that you talk to other guys. You must be talking to other guys. You've kissed someone before, haven't you? You're kissing him behind my back. What? First of all, dude, I was like 11. <laughs> 
wouldn't that be wild fresh out of fresh out of diapers well, some some sixth graders are though so i i guess but back then back then we weren't doing that stuff we thought it was nasty <laughs> i know i say back then like it was a while ago but you know things have definitely changed from when i was in middle school to now we didn't really smoke dope <laughs> but um Nevertheless, I'm sorry, I got off track again. Um, (sighs) (laughs) Um, You know, the more I tried to stick up for myself, the more I tried to defend me, the angrier I got. And then it felt like he was. Sh- <laughs> pushed me. And I stumbled back into the wall. And I remember just saying his name in, in such disbelief and holding my head. I'm just wondering what the fuck. <laughs> Not even what the fuck. Just being scared. You know, now as a as an adult, I'm thinking what the fuck. But back then, I was just terrified. Because I knew he was going to hit me again. Well, after he shoved me to the wall, he grabbed my face and he kissed me violently. Mind you, we're kids, so he didn't know what he was doing. Instead, his teeth banged into my teeth. And he just held my head and wouldn't let go. And then when he saw that I was struggling against him, he grabbed my wrist and he squeezed real hard and he was like, so you'll kiss other people, but you won't kiss me. Disgusting. (laughs) I'll never forget that. (laughs) Uh, Sorry, this just leaves like a different feeling on my body <laughs> like I still get chills and I still feel suppressed even by thinking of that moment and hearing him say how I was the one who was disgusting chills my heart and I, I ended up feeling so sorry for the kid that I was because all I could think of was, don't leave me. <laughs> I 
remember how he, <laughs> how, uh, I'm sorry, uh, hair, at the time my hair was longer, and he tugged at it, and it was just like, you think you're so pretty, but you're not, you're ugly. I'm the only one who could want to stay with you. And you know something? I grew such an attachment to him. <laughs> In the itty-bitty three months that I knew him. I was so attached. <laughs> so hearing him degrade me like that, I don't know. It was like everything that I thought, everything that he reassured me on. That he wasn't the only one that loved me. He couldn't possibly be the only one that loved me. Other people had to love me. Suddenly, it was, don't worry, it's all in your head, so you're fucking right. I'm the only one who could ever tolerate you. And he never stopped reminding me. Behave. If you don't stop, I'm leaving. You know, we had, like, a strict set of rules that I followed. And all of those rules are basically guidelines on how to be seen, not heard, but not seen too much. You know, recognized for a pretty girl, but then kind of disappear whilst still being there, if that makes sense. You know, I could talk to my friends, but barely. I grew so mean. <laughs> well, actually, that's, that's a lie. I skipped past a few things. In those months, one day I was changing, still skipping. <laughs> I, don't, I don't know how to say these things out loud without sugarcoating them, huh? Because I've never said them out loud. But um, not, okay, I can't say not long after, sometime after, you know, that spot that treatment became like a repetitive thing in my life. And he always told me, well, if you just followed directions, we wouldn't have a, a bad time. And then if we did have a bad time, you know, he'd always try to make up for it the next day. Or at least in the beginning he did. You know, after the kissing thing, he bought me candy 
gave me a big Texas with some lemonade. And he held my hand, and then he would start listening to me. He'd just start being super nice. And that was always his way to say sorry. And I knew he had anger issues, so, you know, a part of me chalked it up to... He can't help it. <laughs> but he still likes me. But, you know, as... As time went on and that became a frequent spot, the little Prince Charming phases he had would stop. And eventually it was just all anger. You know, if he came to lunch and he would sit with me, if I said the wrong thing, he'd pinch my lap. If he was sitting across from me, he'd kick my, my shoe. And give me this look. You know, eventually it went from, I'm so sorry, I can't help it. To if you did the right things, I wouldn't be upset right now. <laughs> he was possessive and jealous. One jealous fuck. <laughs> For a seventh grader, like, are you serious? But I thought, it's fine, it's fine, it's fine. And then the next time he basically forced me to kiss him, I um, felt so disgusted. You know, he just... He just hit me. <laughs> and now... Now this. I didn't even know what it was, but I knew it was wrong. I felt wrong. I felt disgusting. I felt so... Helpless. when I started cutting because well, because honestly it, it kind of felt good in the moment you know that reminded me that I was alive <clears throat> and then not only that but in a way it was like my sense of control. I controlled how much it hurt, how big the scar was, how deep to go, how many. And then plus I thought, if I could make the outside of me hurt even more, and the inside, then maybe, maybe I won't feel it as deeply. Because it's how it worked with him. I mean, eventually I went from feeling physical pain to mental pain. I was trying to take my mental pain to physical pain. 
but if I can make it hurt just as much on the outside, then the inside won't hurt as much. One day, there was um. Um, <clears throat> uh, uh, honestly, I don't know if this is my favorite or worst part of the story. It's through this part of the story that I realized a ripple effect is real. The domino effect is real. You knock one piece down and all the other pieces will follow. The next memory I have feels like that, the ripple in time. <laughs> um, I, I don't, I'll stop here. Yeah.